Amen. It is what we want. God's presence, God's spirit with us. Our scripture this morning comes from the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them. And a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every people under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at, the sound, at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and other parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, in our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, They are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, Fellow Jews and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams, even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heavens above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness, and the moon to blood, before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The word of God for us this morning. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for your presence that is here with us today as we share this word. We ask, O oh Lord, that you'll speak to us and to our need of you this morning, that we will receive exactly what you need us to hear. We pray that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Have you ever expected something and yet been surprised by it? You know, we, we expect certain things and we prepare for certain things and we, you know, we think we're ready for them. And then they happen or they come and no, we weren't as ready as we thought we were. Sometimes it wasn't what we expected. It wasn't what we were anticipating. Two really good examples of things that we think we're prepared for and we never are are having children 
and losing a loved one. We think we're ready for both of those things, aren't we? We're ready. And then they come, and then we're not so ready. We weren't as prepared as we thought we were. We thought that we would know how we would feel, how we would react, how we would act. We even had done that wonderful organized flowchart in our mind of if this happens, I'm going to do this. If this happens, I'm going to do that. And then when it actually happened, we were like, oh, that plan's going out the door, and you throw it out because it didn't work. The disciples expected the coming of the Holy Spirit. I want you to understand, Jesus told them, wait in Jerusalem until the coming of the Holy Spirit. It's going to bring you power. It's going to baptize you with fire. It's going to prepare you for the next length of the journey. So they were, they were aware, they were expecting the coming of the Holy Spirit. But beyond that, they had no idea what they were in for. They had no clue. They didn't know what this meant. They were like Lily this morning. What is the Holy Spirit? What are we talking about here? We're going to receive this power. We're going to receive this part of God that we don't understand a lot about. You see, we talk about the three parts of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit is by far the most mysterious of the three parts of God, in our, in, at least in my opinion, from our understanding in Scripture. For you see, we know God the Father in many ways through the Old Testament as the Creator, as the, the God of the whole universe, the great I Am. We know Him by many names like Jehovah and Yahweh and just I Am, period. You know, I'm just the one that I am, period. We know God the Father from the created order that we see every day when we look at the sky and we see the sun shining and we see the clouds and we see the earth and we go, yeah, there's a creator behind all of this. We also know Jesus fairly well because he was God in the flesh. We have the stories of what he did in life. So we're able to know Jesus as the good shepherd. We're able to know Jesus as the bread of life. We're able to know him as the living water. We're able to know him as the prince of peace. We celebrate him as the great Messiah and the Christ. We have all of these names, Adonai, Emmanuel, God with us for Jesus. So I think if we asked anybody around who is Jesus, we, we'd all have a pretty good description of who Jesus is. But when it comes to the Holy Spirit, when we ask people, who's the Holy Spirit? They do a lily. Holy Spirit, what's that? I don't understand that that much. I, don't, uh, I don't, can't relate to that. You can't grab onto the Holy Spirit in the same way that you can grab onto Jesus through the stories of his life. You can't grab on to, to the Holy Spirit as you grab on to God the Father by looking at the created order and the universe that he put into motion. So when it comes to the Holy Spirit, it's harder for us to really understand what we're talking about. Yet Scripture gives us a witness to the Holy Spirit being there from the very beginning. The breath of God that rumbled over the dark and the deep and the darkness as creation 
was taking place. The Holy Spirit is there when Jesus is confirmed as the Son of God at his baptism. And we know that throughout the scriptures, there are mentions of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God that goes with us is for us and is empowering us to follow God in our lives. But we don't always understand what all of that means. In our scripture today, we come to the day of Pentecost, 50 days after Passover had been celebrated. And on that day, we're told that all of the disciples of Jesus are gathered together in one place. They're all together waiting in anticipation of what might be. But remember that I told you they didn't know what it was going to happen. So for the last 50 days, they had probably been waiting and gathering and praying and expecting and going, well, I guess it wasn't today. I guess we'll try again tomorrow. You know the patience that it takes to stay in the same city that your leader was killed, waiting for the coming of this Holy Spirit, which you don't understand a lot about, and not knowing when this is going to happen, if it's one day, 50 days, 100 days, three months. But it was the day of Pentecost, 50 days after Passover. And the scripture says that as they were gathered together, suddenly from heaven they heard the sound like the rush of a violent wind that filled the entire house where they were sitting. Nothing could have prepared them for this experience. I repeat, nothing could have prepared them for what was about to happen. I don't know about you, but I don't like storms. It begins to storm outside, and I hear that rumbling and that noise, and I begin to get under the covers and tell my wife to pull me a little closer, and I'm like, no, I don't like the storm. And the closer it gets, the more afraid we get. You know, the, the, the louder it gets, the more we begin to wonder what it's going to do because we've all seen the images of devastation by natural disasters, right? We've all seen those tornadoes that come through and just level places. Can you imagine these disciples being in this house? And again, we're talking about a house that's not as protective and strong as the ones we build nowadays. We're not talking about a structure that is prepared to withstand terrible storms, and they hear this rumbling, this sound so loud that it overtakes the whole house, that everybody around them can hear it, and it takes over the house, and they hear this sound, and they don't know what's going on. They don't know what's going to happen. And the scripture says that tongues of fire appeared before, over each and every one of them, and they began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. And that they were filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, I love that everyone got a tongue. I love that everyone received the filling of the Holy Spirit. That the gift was poured out to everybody that was gathered in the house. You know, there wasn't a test to see who could get it and who couldn't get it. There wasn't a, well, you were only with Jesus two years. You don't get it. You were with him three. You get it. There wasn't, well, you contributed the most, so you're going to get a bigger tongue than the other tongue. 
No, everybody got it. Everybody who was gathered in that house, everybody began to speak in these foreign languages, and they didn't learn it from Babel. They didn't learn it from some app. They didn't learn it from having an exchange student in their house. They didn't learn it by going into an immersion experience in another country. They got these languages directly as a gift, as an ability of the Holy Spirit being in them. And they were speaking in these other languages as a gift from the Holy Spirit. If I've learned anything about gifts is that they're always given with a purpose. And the gift of the Holy Spirit is no different. A few days before we went off to conference over in Athens this week, I got one of those great spam emails that you get from the big box stores of a great deal that you just can't pass up. It was for an air fryer. And I immediately ordered it. And had it delivered the same day so I would have missed the delivery while I was at conference. I knew that this gift would make my meals cook quicker. It says that it's going to make me healthier. It says that it's going to improve the quality of life that I have because all the pictures of the people on the box are smiling and happy. And everybody is slender. Every single person on the ad. I knew when I got this air fryer that it would replace my old one that is on its last leg because I know that this gift is used over and over and over again every single day. The Holy Spirit is no different in terms of being a gift in our lives. We're supposed to be receiving it every day we're supposed to want it and desire it the minute we hear about it. We're supposed to use it to better our lives, to improve our lives as we follow Jesus and as we become disciples of Jesus Christ. We are supposed to continue to renew ourselves in it on a regular basis, not just receive it once and be done with it. The gift of the Holy Spirit on that day was given to everybody that was in that house. And there was, like I said, a purpose. They received it so that they could testify to all of the Jews living in Jerusalem from all parts of the world that spoke all different languages about the deeds of God, the deeds of power that God had done. And when it comes to deeds of power, there isn't any greater deed of power than raising Jesus from the dead. And sending Jesus into the world in the first place to save us from our sins. So they were given the gift, but it wasn't just so that they could sound cool speaking other languages. It wasn't just so that they could enjoy themselves as they were in this moment of ecstasy as they were receiving and being filled with the Holy Spirit. It was so that they could testify in a way that people there could understand about God's power and grace. Now, if somebody walked in the door and came in and gave you a big witness about God or Jesus Christ or the work of God in Russian, you'd be like, okay, I don't get it because you don't want to know Russian. You wouldn't understand it. You wouldn't be able to be edified by that. You wouldn't be able to rejoice in what they're sharing with you because you would not know what they're saying. The Holy Spirit knew that they needed this gift 
Because the diversity of people that were found in Jerusalem was so great that none of them could have ever learned all the languages they would have needed to reach all these people. But in that one moment, God made it possible, showing the disciples that through the gift of the Holy Spirit, the impossible can be possible. This was just a small sample of what God could do if we were filled with his spirit. The scripture said that at the loud sound of that rushing wind, people started coming and gathering near them. God used that sound almost like a whistle to get everybody's attention so that they would come and check it out because let's face it, we are curious and if some loud noise happens on our neighbor's house, we're going to go find out what happened. We're going to want to know what's going on. And the crowds had gathered and they were listening to everything they were saying. But anytime God does a miracle, anytime God does something incredible or difficult to believe, there's always going to be some skeptic in the crowd. There's always going to be somebody who's going to want to reason it away. And the scripture says that some sneered in the crowd and there was one person there that said, oh, I know what's going on here. They're drunk with wine. They're just drunk. Folks, I don't know how drunk you've ever gotten, but you don't speak another language. You slur your, 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 your speech, but you don't speak another language just because you're drunk. And much less do you speak eloquently about the great deeds that God has done. These men were fishermen, a tax collector, common folks that Jesus had called to be his disciples. When the people seeing them looked at them, they went, they didn't go to school for this. They didn't learn this somewhere. This has to be a miracle. This has to be something that God is doing. They were speaking of things that they couldn't possibly know of without the gift of the Holy Spirit. But whenever somebody tries to disparage the miracles of God that are happening right before them, God will always raise people of God to set them straight. And the scripture says that right at that moment, Peter got up with the other 11 and he said, don't you know you were supposed to be expecting this? Don't you know that this was supposed to happen because it was already prophesied in the Old Testament. Don't you know that Joel said that this was going to happen in the last days it will be. God declares that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. It was already there in scripture that it was going to happen exactly as it was unfolding before their eyes. He says, you should have been expecting this. But again, we always think we're ready for what we expect, but then it doesn't come like we expected, and then we don't know how to deal with it. He went on to say that this was a sign of the beginning of the end days, that this was all going to happen before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day, that there would be more outpouring of the Holy Spirit, that this wasn't a one-off, that this wasn't just for the early church, that this was a gift that would continue to keep on giving throughout our history. You know, there are people that believe that the Holy Spirit was only for the disciples back then. I don't believe that. Jesus said that he was sending the Holy Spirit 
to us who are his followers, his people, and that it would be with us until the end. And I don't know about you, but the end's not here yet. Might be close, but we're not there yet. And what that means is the Holy Spirit is still a gift that has been given to us. And I love the scripture in Joel because it ends with, then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You know, scripture never gives you bad news without giving you good hope that you can receive salvation. No matter how grim it might sound when you read scripture, even when you read some of the Old Testament scriptures that sound like everything is just going to end in, in a bad way, there's always hope in scripture. And the hope is that even as things are changing and things are going badly, if we trust in the name of the Lord, we will be saved. Even though they knew this day was coming, nothing could have prepared them for the Holy Spirit. It was just more than they had expected or hoped for. We know from Scripture that because of this day, because of them receiving the Holy Spirit, because of them being filled with the Holy Spirit, from then on, these disciples went on to heal people, to raise people from the dead, to do miracles that nobody could explain away, and all because of the power of the Holy Spirit that they had been filled with that day and that they continued to be filled with from there forward. God showed that he was with them and these disciples that used to be scared for their lives became bold for the kingdom of God. They no longer worried about whether they would take their lives because they knew that if they died, they lived with Christ. That they were saved and nothing could separate them from the great love of God. You know, Pentecost is considered the birth of the church. Because it is when the power of the Holy Spirit was given to those disciples to make them bold in their witness for Jesus Christ. But the Holy Spirit came not just to embolden them, but to embolden us. It came not just to empower them, but to empower us to continue to minister to this hurting world and to remind people that there is salvation in Jesus Christ. Scripture says that through the Holy Spirit, we will be able to do miracles, prophesy, see visions, and dream dreams. All of these gifts have a purpose, and it is to glorify God and to expand his kingdom here on earth. Today, the gift of the Holy Spirit is still being offered to you and me. God is still saying, it's yours. Receive it. Have it. Be filled with it. Use it. One of the greatest tragedies was that I received an air fryer that I bought on one of those great sales that I mentioned about a year and a half ago, and it sat in the box for six months. Six months before I actually opened it and plugged it in because I, I never used one before. I didn't know what to do with it. I didn't know how to use it, and I was too lazy to get it out of the box. 
But once I plugged that thing in and I started using it and I saw how quickly it cooked, how efficient it was, how good it was, I got another one. Because I realized how good it was because I actually used it and took it out of the box. And what I'm telling you is that when you take the Holy Spirit out of the box that you've left him in, when you take the Holy Spirit out of that place where you've left him on the porch or on the garage or somewhere stored, and you actually begin to use the Holy Spirit to be the, your power, your battery, your strength, your guide, your resource, then you never want to put it back in the box. Because you realize that the power of God flows through that Holy Spirit, that it brings community for you with the triune God, and that it helps you as you try to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Today, my prayer is that if you have left the Holy Spirit in its box, that you unbox it today, that you open it up, that you learn how to use it and to accept it and to rely on it, that you learn to make a place on your counter for it. That sucker is big. It's like that big. You have to clear some counter space to put it down. And sometimes we need to clear some counter space in our lives so that the Holy Spirit can be in us and through us. I pray that just as those disciples on the first Pentecost were filled with the Holy Spirit, today we will be filled with the Holy Spirit anew and that we will rely on the power of the Holy Spirit when we want to do things for the kingdom of God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you. I thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. I thank you because it is a gift that keeps on giving. That even today, O oh Lord, as we gather together in your house, you are giving us your Holy Spirit. You're empowering us to receive all that it brings. Your presence, your love, your guidance, your light, your hope. So many things that come with the Holy Spirit, Lord, because of your goodness and your grace. Help us on this day to be filled with the Holy Spirit until it overflows so that others will be able to see Christ in us, so that they will be able to see the love with which you have loved us in us and that they will be able to feel that love and want your Holy Spirit in their lives as well. Help us on this day just to bring you the glory and the praise that you deserve and that this gift that you've given us will be put to good use. We pray that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The altar is always open if you would like to come up for prayer on this day especially to ask God to just fill you with the Holy Spirit and give you power as you follow Jesus.